Dakotans. Welcome to the Dakota Rustler Show, aiming to keep America, its citizens, and minds free. Now, here's your host, Daryl Root. Hello, and welcome to the Dakota Rustler Show. I am your host, Daryl Root. Thank you, Arabelle, for that introduction. And just to open things up today, I did, after 27 months, finally test positive for COVID on one of those self-tests. So I kind of got a headache, a sore throat, and if you're listening on the audio version and you hear a long pause, it's just me getting a sip of water to help clear my throat a little bit. You can keep this show going by clicking on the links at dakotarustler.org to donate, purchase cool merchandise, or by purchasing Camp Ridger seasonings available at campridger.com. Today's main topic is rent control. Also on the table, the western drought, tuition forgiveness, catalytic converters, and more. Today's picture is that of Bear Lake in northeastern Utah. Uh, I don't know. I've been by it a couple times. I never took time to actually stop there and do any camping or boating or kayaking or anything of that nature. But it seems like a very beautiful place to be. With the intros out of the way, let's get started with tidbits. Number one. And let's pause here, because I've got an issue. Okay, we're back. I took care of that little issue. Number one, the West Coast drought. Drought strains the West power grids. A long-term drought is having a major effect on rivers and reservoirs from the Rocky Mountains to the West Coast. A likely result this summer will be overburdened power grids and rolling blackouts, forcing the area to rely more on, wait for it, that's right, fossil fuels. Yes, I said it, duh, Biden. We're going to need more fossil fuels. We are not ready for mass electrification of vehicles, you jackwad. Lake Mead fell to its lowest level on record this past week, and that's the lake prior to the Hoover Dam, which means hydroelectric dams won't be able to produce as much power as they should. Last year, California had to shut down the Lake Oroville Dam for five months. That lake is the state's second largest reservoir. In 2020, the state resorted to rolling blackouts. And eastern Washington had to do the same in 2021. And, like the idiotic morons they are, California has been shutting down natural gas power plants because, hey, we gotta go green. You know, let's electrify cars so we can have even more blackouts. I mean, it's just stupid. The only way to make it up to Biden is again, wait for it, fossil fuels, that's right. Lake Powell along the Colorado River, which feeds the Glen Canyon Hydropower Dam, stands at 37% of capacity. And before you global warmest clowns start screaming, you know, that it's all global warming, and if it wasn't for that, we wouldn't have these droughts, let me tell you this. Tree ring studies in the area suggest that this has happened before. 
albeit maybe 1,200 years ago, but that was long before the Industrial Revolution supposedly was warming up the Earth. So this has happened before without global warming as a part of it. And because you're California, I'm not telling you what to do, but if you're so damn smart, you should know. Number two. Another bailout? Well, sort of. A bipartisan contingent of lawmakers, including Dan Kildee, a Democrat from Michigan, and Jody Arrington, a Republican from Texas, want to give relief to car dealers suffering some from supply shortages. How much you want to bet they both have family members or friends who are in a car dealership? And I can almost guarantee it. They want to add a proposal to a bill that would encourage more semiconductor production for the U.S. No, these things should be separate and the whole car bailout should not happen. You all know how I feel about semiconductors. We need more. You all know my stand on semiconductors, as I just said, you know, if you listen regularly. Nothing else should be tied to it, as I said, too. Most dealerships use what is called the last-in, last-out method of inventory. And for those of you not running your own business, you may have no idea what that is. With car dealers, the last car in stock is considered to be the first car out of that model. Since the last car in is usually the most expensive, deducting that car from inventory increases the dealership's expenses and thus lowers their tax bill. However, because dealerships are having a hard time getting stock, it also means they are stuck deducting the lower cost first in stock of vehicles. Well, this decreases their expenses and thereby increases their taxes on a limited number of sales. The legislation would allow anyone who deals in new vehicles, whatever they may be, through 2025 to replenish their inventory and in the meantime avoid recognizing income for the 20 and 21 tax years directly related to falling stock. And this just isn't cars or trucks. It has to do with farm equipment, motorcycles, anything that is a vehicle. In other words, a bailout. And like government as usual, they play favorites by not allowing used car dealers to do the same. What? You don't think they're paying higher prices for used cars now than what they were? I mean, come on, get a grip. Number three. Staying on the topic of cars, the Twin Cities in Minnesota are apparently the catalytic converter theft capital of the U.S. One example of such theft happened to the Olmscheid family, according to the Star Tribune in Minnesota. They parked their car in the back lot of a hotel, took a shuttle to the airport, went on their vacation, and when they came back to a super loud car upon starting it, they discovered something was missing. For those who don't know, some hotels allow concierge parking while away on vacation. I did that in Minnesota four years ago when I went to Hawaii. When the husband looked under the car, he noticed the catalytic converter had been cut out. Thefts of the part have jumped from 300 in 2019 to over 2,300 last year, almost eight times as much over a two-year period. This year, the pace has picked up even more. 
So if you're flying out of the Twin Cities, make plans not to leave your car there. Why is this happening, you may ask? Catalytic converters contain highly expensive precious metals such as platinum, palladium, and rhodium, which remove the worst of a vehicle's pollutants. So maybe there is one advantage to EVs, no converter. Thieves can crawl under your car and with a battery-operated Sawzall, cut out the converter in a matter of minutes. They can then get up to $1,000 or more at scrapyards, on Facebook merchandise, or other parts places. It's estimated these thefts will cost Minnesota insurers, hence you and higher insurance rates, $25 million this year alone. Ironically, I saw a video on YouTube just a few days before actually reading this article on how to reduce the chances of it happening to you. And this is how you do it. Buy a height buy a high heat resistant paint, preferably a bright color. Spray areas of the catalytic converter and then engrave the part engrave part of the VIN number into the paint. This will connect it with your car. While this does not guarantee it won't be stolen, thieves will likely move on to another car that is an easier target that won't be as easy to trace if should the cops get on the case. Another thing you can do is attach heat-resistant plates to the underframe in areas which would be required for easy access to cut the converter out. No one can ever truly be safe from this theft, but deterrence increases the odds of theft the thief will move on elsewhere. Kind of like you don't have to be faster than the bear. You just have to be faster than the slowest person in your group. Number four. Biden considers limits on student loan debts in the form of income caps. What are these caps? 150000 for single users and 300000 for couples filing jointly. What percentage of people holding student loan debt would be eliminated by these caps? One more time, wait for it. A 2019 data shows, excuse me, 2019 data shows that 97% of student debt is held by those earning less than the cap. So basically, no one will be eliminated. The amount they want to cancel is suggested to be 10000 which would roughly cost $245 billion. Hey, what the hell? Let's keep handing out money and increasing the inflation rate. You do it so well, Joe. The wrong Joe became president. Should have been Joe Jorgensen. Libertarians know who I mean. In addition, the average amount borrowed for loans in 2020 was 28400 so that 10000 forgiveness amounts to over one-third of their debt. You know, I sure wish I could have deducted or been forgiven one-third of my mortgage payments back in 08 and 09 when I made a combined $13,000 due to the housing bubble burst. You know, fortunately, I had a lot of savings. I had inheritance from my mother. Otherwise, I would have been in shad, shad, yeah, sad shape those two years. Oh, I can talk. I'll blame it on the headaches. And I say that sarcastically because I actually don't wish that. I'm actually a responsible adult who does whatever it takes to pay off my debts. And with that, we're going to do the advertising segment. See you in 50 seconds. 
If you enjoy grilling and cooking, Camp Bridger seasonings are for you. All four blends are salt-free and designed to enhance the flavor of food, not bury it. The popular four-pack can be purchased and shipped anywhere in the continental U.S. for around 33 bucks, depending on your state's sales tax rate. Visit our sponsor's website at campbridger.com for more information. Anything Dakota Rustler related can be found at dakotarustler.org. There, you will find links to audio and video versions of the latest episodes. You can also support the show through purchase of merchandise, donations, or sponsorship. Sponsors will be recognized on air and or the website. Thank you for listening. And now, back to the show. Hello, welcome back. Let me finish my sip of water. Give my throat a break. Excuse me. Just a reminder, this podcast is available on Spotify, Audible, Google Podcasts, iHeart, Buzzsprout, TuneIn, and the video version is available on Telegram, channel named Dakota Rustler Podcast. Regular updates are also available on Facebook and Telegram, and I just re-entered the Twitter world. Whether I will use it, I don't know. Just search Dakota Rustler. Also, my usual shout out to Dan Heim, the provider of all my background music. Today's main topic, rent control. Keeping on the Minnesota theme. Last November, St. Paul passed the Midwest first rent control program. What are they, nuts? These things never work the way they are intended, and I'll get into that and a loophole at the end. It prevents landlords in the city from raising rents more than 3% in any given year. It even applies if a tenant moves out and it is not tied to inflation. So if inflation is 8%, your rent can only go up 3%. My smart listeners will probably see the problem in this, you know, in advance. But let me continue. The city council approved $635,000 budget to oversee the program. And what makes this extremely problematic is that voters actually approved the passage, not St. Paul government Nazis. Why? Because a 1984 state law prohibits local governments from enacting rent regulations without voter approval. So I guess that's good, but this is going to come back and bite them in the ass. Proponents argue that the policy will prevent those facing large rent hikes from having to move away from neighborhoods they call home. Wow, isn't that noble and sweet. They also point out the average rent increase over the last 10 years was an average of 3% annually. Well, guess what, morons? That was before high inflation became a thing last year. What do you think landlords are going to do? Well, let me tell you. Several developers have already halted housing projects due to lenders saying the market is now too risky and that they may not get paid back. Some landlords shot the rents way up before its passage to make up the difference, or even sold the properties, worried that in bad years such as now, they won't be able to keep up with expenses. I just mentioned the main criticism, that developers won't build or housing is desperately needed. A short supply with high demand means rents go even higher, but without being able to raise rents, who will build, other than maybe a philanthropist? Landlords who sell may sell to someone who will take them off the rental market. 
An old San Francisco study in the late 90s showed that after landlords decided to get out of the market and sell them as condos, rental units were reduced by 15%, so people had less places to live. The condos brought in higher-income residents who tend to be older and pushed out poorer, often younger and pushed out poorer, often younger people. Then consider maintenance. Landlords who can't keep up with expenses, especially if inflation is high, will put off repairs as long as possible, potentially making the rental units unsafe to live in. Slumlords, heck, they're just going to say screw it and not do anything. And the units will deteriorate into further depraved slums. However, as most landlords are presently saying, just get used to a 3% increase every year, no matter what it costs to maintain the property. The extra they get each year at 3% will help make up for the years where they can't, you know, match inflation or get a higher than 3% raise. So, yeah, instead of your rent ever being the same from year to year or just 1%, most landlords are just going to jack it up 3% automatically. It can also lead to rental misallocation. This happens when empty nesters continue to stay in their rent-controlled family-sized apartment, forcing actual families to stay in much smaller apartments than needed, say a family of four forced to stay in a studio apartment. In addition, once rent control starts, the longer it lasts, the more harm is done should politicians decide to decontrol them again. Rent control areas are far cheaper, and when decontrolled, rents will skyrocket to match the surrounding areas. Even more, when not converted to condos, rent controlled properties are worth less on the market than non rent controlled properties. This means that real estate taxes will have to increase for non controlled properties to make up the difference for city budgets. As a result, Homeowners have less money to maintain their properties. Less maintenance in turn means these properties are more likely to slowly deteriorate, bringing overall values down, and the loop just keeps continuing. However, as I said, there are some loopholes in this, in this law, which may make the rent control virtually worthless. Landlords may request an exception for logical reasons such as higher expenses and improvement projects. In addition, if they seek a 3 to 8% raise in rent, they can fill out a form online and self-approve their increase. As far as I know, that self-approve means they automatically get it just by filling out a form. How much that involves is not stated, so I have no idea how long the worksheet is or the form is for doing so. Only if a landlord wants an increase of over 8% using the same forms will it be examined by city staff. Well, most people probably aren't going to find it necessary to increase their rents by 8% in any given year. So even then, landlords can appeal. Point is, while rent controls are usually beneficial in the short term, numerous studies have shown them to be detrimental in the long term. I think rent controls were a part of Detroit's problem way back in the day. Detroit's rebounding slowly, but it's taking forever. 
Government needs to stay out of housing just like they need to stay out of virtually everything else. And for the record, since I mentioned San Francisco in my arguments, an additional source for this story was Rebecca Diamond, an associate professor of economics at Stanford University. So yeah, California attacking California. With that, I will close so I can start working on my next podcasts. Till next time, you know the mantra, question authority, and always be free. Thank you for listening to the Dakota Rustler Show, a production of DL Root. All rights reserved by DL Root, Buzzsprout.com, and their shared partners. Unauthorized use is prohibited. This show is sponsored by Camp Bridger Seasonings. Visit our sponsor's website at campbridger.com for more information. 